In Psalm 52, David talks about the situations in our lives when we have somebody that is speaking words of negativity over us or even evil over us. And while we might not have experienced it to the extreme that David has, like with Saul, we definitely have all experienced moments in our lives where people have been harsh with us and we know what it feels like to have that sinking feeling in the pit of our stomach. And so the reminder in Psalm 52 is about this unfailing love of the God who restores. So I pray that today's episode is a blessing to you if you find yourself in those situations. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know that you have been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. I know. I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are reading through Psalm 52. Why do you boast of evil, you mighty man? Why do you boast all day long? You who are a disgrace in the eyes of God. Your tongue plots destruction. It's like a sharpened razor. You who practice deceit. You love evil rather than good. Falsehood rather than speaking the truth. You love every harmful word, O you deceitful tongue. Surely God will bring you down to everlasting ruin. He will snatch you up and tear you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous will see and fear. They will laugh at him, saying, Here now is the man who did not make hold, make God his stronghold, but trusted in his great wealth and grew strong by destroying others. But I am like an olive tree, flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. I will praise you forever for what you have done. In your name I will hope, for your name is good. I will praise you in the presence of your saints. Psalm 52 is one of the psalms that is termed a masco. 
And um, while we don't know 100% what that term means, scholars best guess, and um, I think we see that proof of that over and over, is it has something to do with teaching a skill. So David is the author here, and he has written this after the time where he has gone to the house of Ahimelech. And the essential theme of this psalm is really speaking out against those who are living by wealth and power. And and we see how those kinds of people sometimes use speech as their weapon or words as their weapon. And so the theme that we see through this, through the end of this psalm, is that God's Love, his unfailing love, is more powerful than even the words of somebody that has wealth and power. We look, some of the themes that we're looking at is this idea that the tongue can be really a a weapon when uh, somebody is using it the wrong way. And this psalm is kind of um, just continually pointing back to God's unfailing love, even in the midst of that kind of environment or situation. Now, why I have not necessarily been um, governed or had a, had a leader over me that had a ton of wealth, I have had people that have had a lot of power. And um, sometimes people that are in a position of power, it can go both ways, I think. Either a position of power or a position of wealth, they can do a lot of damage with their words. And one of the things that you hear about in the scriptures, I don't know that we've talked about it much recently in the podcast, but one of the things that you hear, you might hear in churches or in different Bible studies, things like that, you'll hear about the power of the tongue and how the power of life and death is in the tongue. And that's a biblical concept that we see where there, it's a description of how powerful our words can be. And if you think about this in your own life, when somebody is encouraging you and lifting you up and backing you up and speaking words of affirmation over you, it makes a difference in how well you're able to accomplish a task or how long you're able to keep going because you have their encouragement. If you are constantly being talked down to and discouraged and, you know, told that you can't do it or whatever, um, it, it changes that dynamic for us. And so even at a very basic level, there is power in in our words, the, this emotional power to kind of change things in, in our thinking patterns. I am a believer that it's more than that. I think that there are spiritual ramifications to our words. And so... We've talked about this in terms of the difference between the enemy and God. God is omniscient, meaning he knows our thoughts. The enemy is not. The only power that the enemy has is the power that we give him through our words. It's not like the enemy can read our thoughts. Now, he can plant thoughts, but he cannot read our thoughts. And so the 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 key here is a lot of times we will verbalize our fear we will verbalize our anxiety we will verbalize our pain and and while i am a firm believer in therapy and um you know i myself have done emdr and this whole idea of of healing that's not the context i'm talking about i'm talking about the everyday comments where 
you're speaking death. And, um, you know, one powerful example, we've always taught our kids this, of course, we don't say things like, you know, I don't allow the kids to call themselves stupid or dumb or anything like that. Um, but even with, with sickness or health, like we don't speak things over ourselves. We were even out to dinner the other day and somebody we were with said, oh, you're going to have a heart attack eating that plate to my husband. I said, don't speak that over him. We don't speak. We speak life over each other. He's not going to have a heart attack. He's perfectly healthy, you know? So, but, and she, she kind of caught herself, but I, we as a habit don't speak death. We don't speak things over our, our, our family. And we were teaching this concept to my daughter. And I think I probably have mentioned this before. We were teaching this to one of our daughters and we didn't think anything of it at the time, but they were having like a school spirit day for one of their teams and their colors, their school colors are black and red. And so they were saying, okay, on Friday, we're going to have a blackout day. Friday is going to be blackout day because uh, they're doing it for school spirit you know, they're gonna have a pep rally or whatever. And so they're doing, this is a Christian school, but they're gonna have Blackout Friday and they had different themes all week. Friday comes and don't you know, there was a blackout, a citywide blackout that took the electricity away from the whole, from the whole city. And whether that was a coincidence or these, you know, young kids spoke it, it, it happened. And my daughter left school and she said, mom, There's truth in that. We've been speaking a blackout Friday all week long. And look what happened. We had a blackout Friday. And I was like, oh, you're you're not kidding. And at first you might think, okay, that's kind of crazy. But they moved locations of schools this year and they're in a new school. And the same thing happened. They were having some same kind of fall blackout school spirit thing. And don't you know, the one and only day they've ever lost power was that blackout Friday. And my daughter is convinced that, you know, it's been such a powerful example for her. Now, I don't know if that's really the case, um, but it could be. And it's enough of an example for her to recognize we don't speak death because if the power of life and death is in the is in the tongue, we're going to speak life as much as we can. So we we make a habit of speaking life when somebody's sick. We we don't say, you know, if if it's God's will to heal, we're going to pray that we know that God is the healer. So it's a shift in our thinking. It's a shift in our mind. But I think what we're seeing here in Psalm 52 is the extreme of that. If we think about um, the evil man and being a disgrace in the eyes of God and the tongue plots destruction, there have been seasons in my life where I have been under leadership of people who the be either wealth or power or platform or whatever it is it gets them to a place where they try to assert their power through um, really evil words. And um, maybe even the words themselves aren't evil, but it's the way that they're delivered. It's the power with which they're delivered, the way that they, they hold it over you. And a couple years ago, um, I'm just, it, it reminds me so much of this season I went in, in verse eight, it talks about, but I'm like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. You know, for those of you that know my story, I I grew up in a home that had a lot of chaos, a lot of drama, trauma, whatever you want to call it, um, abuse. There was a lot of it, both with my immediate family and with some extended family. And then because I, I was a kid that grew up in that situation and it's all I ever knew, um, my first marriage, it was an abusive marriage. And I got to a place where I just gave up. I, I gave up. I was in therapy at the time trying to figure out, you know, Christians don't get divorced, but yet I was in this incredibly terrible situation. 
And I finally just gave up and I gave it over to the Lord. And I said, I just, I can't do this anymore. And through a season of intensive therapy and relearning what, um, what scripture actually had to say about the way that a husband should treat their wives and all those kinds of things. I ended up going through a divorce. Um, it was, if, if a divorce can be biblical, I think, you know, God hates divorce, but there are certain permissions in scripture we see for divorce. And, and it was one of those situations. And so eventually I got remarried. And if you want to turn the podcast off now, feel free. I know there are some people that are completely against divorce uh, for Christians, but I believe that we have a God of grace. And if uh, there's permission given in scripture for certain situations, I believe that, um, you know, not that you want to throw your marriage away, but God does give us a way out when we're in abusive situations. But anyway, I'm remarried now to a wonderful man of God. But throughout my life. So I I went from an abusive home to an abusive marriage. And then I went into a really bad toxic work situation where I stayed for a decade. And I really should not have stayed that long, but it felt familiar. And so I had this whole lifetime until, you know, probably even just several years ago, I had this whole lifetime of being in an environment where there was people that had control over me and the pow- because they had a position of power over me, they were able to speak to me any way they wanted. And I didn't know enough. I was not strong enough. I did not know enough to speak up for myself or get myself out of those situations. It took a really, really long time. But I had the opportunity to go to Italy um, a couple years ago. And when we were in Italy, in the back of the place that we were staying, there was an old olive grove. And these olive trees were so old, but they were loaded, loaded, loaded with fruit. And I remember just looking at them and the Holy Spirit said to me, Rachel, you're one of my olive trees. And at the time I didn't 100% know what it meant, but I just felt that, like I felt that confirmation in my spirit that, okay, there's peace here. And I did some studying when I got back. And and one of the things that I learned about olive trees is that, of course, they're all over scripture uh, in that region of the world. You know, they're fruitful there, but they're very, very versatile. They are something that is useful for a lot of different things. I mean, in that culture, they would use them for wood and leaves and oil, but it symbolized fruitfulness. And one of the things about olive trees is they have a root system that enables them to produce new shoots even after they've been cut down. And when I learned that, it was so healing for me because I felt like I had gone through this season, a lifetime really, of constantly being cut down. But yet what I was seeing God do in my life was pull me into this season of fruitfulness, despite all the different ways all these different people in my life had tried to cut me down. And even now, um, you know, there are people that write in that, you know, anytime you talk about scripture, there are going to be people that are upset, whether it's unbelievers or, you know, the witchcraft kind of, you know, group or um, different people have different theological beliefs. I mean, some people believe that I shouldn't, as a woman, be teaching scripture whatsoever. And to that argument, I would give them the examples of Phoebe and Priscilla and Junia and Halda and Deborah, and the list goes on and on of women in scripture that Jesus himself endorsed. But 
you know, there are theological differences where the way I speak about something might be offensive to somebody because to be quite honest, a call to a a repentance is offensive to somebody that's living in sin. And so, um, you know, or people think that there's a difference with, you know, how I refer to Jesus as God and God as Jesus, because we believe in the Trinity and he's a triune being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There are some people that are Jesus-only fans and they don't believe in that. And so there's always theological differences. There are people that can be incredibly mean and incredibly discouraging. But yet, if I'm an olive tree and my roots are grounded in God and I'm plugged into that root system of fruitfulness because of who God is, after being cut down, we can still produce new growth, being f- fruitful. And and I think that's the this picture that we hear in verse 8. It says, but I am like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. The key here is trusting in God's unfailing love. The love of people can be fickle. The love of people can be inconsistent or our emotions get in the way or maybe there's a conflict that happens. But regardless, God's love is unfailing. And I think that's the key and the focus for us here today. Even when we're in the midst of an environment that um, somebody is speaking death over us, we can resist that. And even if you're in, if it's like a power dynamic or power control kind of situation, if it's like a job or something like that, or a, or a relationship in your life and you can't immediately speak up, you can reject those things in your spirit. I would encourage you to speak up. I would encourage you to get to a safer, less unhealthy situation. But if in the immediate sense you can't, you can reject those things in your spirit and you can lean into this place of knowing that God's love does not fail us. And um, remember the picture of the olive tree that is so powerful. So given that insight, I'm going to read again. Psalm 52, beginning in verse 1. Why do you boast of evil, you mighty man? Why do you boast all day long? You who are a disgrace in the eyes of God. Your tongue plots destruction. It's like a sharpened razor. You who practice deceit. You love evil rather than good, falsehood rather than speaking the truth. You love every harmful word, O you deceitful tongue. Surely God will bring you down to everlasting ruin. He will snatch you up and tear you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous will see and fear. They will laugh at him saying, Here now is the man who did not make God his stronghold, but trusted in his great wealth and grew strong by destroying others. But I am like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. I will praise you forever for what you have done. In your name, I will hope for your name is good. I will praise you in the presence of your saints. Father God, we thank you for a love that is unfailing. That despite the ways that the world cuts us down, that we can be fruitful and produce new growth, productive growth, even after being cut down because of who you are and because of the way that you love us. God, I pray for my friends right now that might be in one of those situations where they are feeling the burden of somebody with power or wealth um, speaking over them. Lord, I pray that you would provide a way out for them, that you would give them the strength to get out of those situations. But, but even for those that aren't in those situations right now, God, would you bring these things to reminder when they're speaking life or speaking death, Lord God, help us to recognize there is power in our words. And not only is there power in our words, but there's power in speaking life over situations that those that have spoken death over us um, 
that we don't have to rest in that place. We don't have to just accept that, but that we can lean into who you are and the power you have over our lives. God, I thank you for the way that you continue to reveal yourself through your word. And I pray that you would uh, just place a hedge of protection around my friends today. In Jesus name. Amen. Hey friends, I just want to let you know that we have lots of great resources for you in the She Hears shop. So if you are looking for something to do after you've finished the She Hears Bible study, or even if you would like a Bible to go along with the Psalm study that we're doing, we have lots of note-taking Bibles and journaling Bibles. There's kind of something for everyone in there. And a new thing we put in the shop is something I love. I use it with my teenage daughters, is the real pretty Bible books of the Bible markers. So you, they're little tabs you put on the outside of your Bible and they help you easily be able to see and flip to different books of the Bible. It's so helpful like for church or when you're doing a Bible study to easily be able to see where you're going. So I pray all those things are resources that you will find helpful. And again, you can find those at shehears.org on the resources page. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.